It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. I'm thrilled that you're tuning in today. We are covering a very serious subject, and I'm delighted that you're tuning in. I want you to stay with me through the whole broadcast because what you're about to hear, I believe, will be an educational journey to help you and give you a biblical worldview, a guide for whether you should take the COVID-19 vaccination or not. That's right. We're talking about whether to vaccinate or not. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute. Isn't this uh, supposed to be just my regular broadcast message of just giving me some biblically based guidance through life? And indeed, that's what this is. This is Engage in Truth. We have been talking about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And today we are deviating to talk about this very serious subject because Things have really gotten difficult over the last few days, especially over this past week. My office has seemed like Grand Central Station as people are even in tears trying to determine what the best course of action is. So let me just say up front, I am not against vaccinations. However, it's my hope that over the next 25 minutes, we can examine a biblical approach for determining whether to vaccinate or not with regard to this COVID-19 coronavirus. So in addition, let me add right up front here that I am not giving medical advice and anything that I'm going to share with you today is for educational purposes and it's based on my accumulated data and opinions. Any medical decisions should be discussed with advisors, your spouse, and your medical providers. So let's look at the situation today. The Centers for Disease Control states that six other coronavirus types have impacted our society since the 1960s. And that includes 229E and L63, OC43, HKU1, amongst others. COVID-19, which is SARS-CoV-2, is the newest addition to the group. Now, the other six coronavirus types, along with the rhinovirus, they create symptoms. And that's what I'm talking about here, symptoms known as the common cold. And annually, over 62 million occurrences of the common cold will take place in the United States, according to the National Center for Health Statistics. The common cold is the most common human disease and affects people all over the globe. In fact, adults typically have two to three infections annually, and children may have six to ten colds a year, 12 if they're in school. Now, in addition, the CDC estimates that 35.5 million people will get sick with influenza. That's the flu. Of this amount, 16.5 million people will seek assistance for their flu symptoms from a healthcare provider. And this includes 490,000 hospitalizations, according to statistics from 2018 into 19. And the flu even took 34,200 lives in 2019. Now, the data we recently received here in Colorado Springs indicates that currently there have been 949 deaths in El Paso County from COVID-19. And the data is still being reviewed to determine if those individuals died with coronavirus in their systems or as a direct result of coronavirus. Now, the population of El Paso County is approximately 720,403 people. And that means we are currently at 135 deaths per 100,000 people. That's one-seventh of 1%. 
Now, the total cases is 83,578 at the time of this broadcast. Now, although we can all agree that the loss of life is tragic, it's an unfortunate reality of this fallen world, and we must also assess the landscape in its entirety, understanding that our frail condition, while we live and breathe in a world that battles unseen realities like H1N1, Salmonella, Ebola, SARS, malaria, amongst many others, this is the thing that we deal with. We deal with these unseen realities of viruses and illnesses all around us, and unfortunately, people do die from that. Now, what's happening in the midst of all of this is we've got a saturation of opinions. Experts are giving us opinions everywhere, and some telling us what to do. And let me remind you, as we start off this discussion here today, that experts are almost always wrong. And you don't need me to tell you that, but but an article that had come out in, in, in 2012 by the Smithsonian Magazine went through the data on this. It was a study entitled, Everything is Obvious Once You Know the Answer, and it explains that not only are experts often wrong, but they're almost never called out when they're wrong. So when they're wrong, they rarely are held accountable and they rarely admit it. They insist that they were just off on timing, blindsided by an improbable event or almost right, wrong for the right reasons even. They have this repertoire of self-justifications that everyone has, and they're no more inclined than anyone else to revise their beliefs about the way the world works or ought to work just because they made a mistake. So what's the moral here? Experts really have no idea what's going to happen ever. But Christians have the Word of God, and thus we have a guide to navigate life by as we seek for answers. Now listen, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Engage in Truth, and we're talking about the subject of to vaccinate or not vaccinate, and giving a biblical review to encourage careful consideration before taking any vaccination. Let me take you back in time for a moment here. You've probably heard some analogies to this. So let's look at the Christian life in times of plague. The coronavirus pandemic and the resulting restrictions drive us to ask the question, how do Christians navigate such turbulent times? And are we in the times that are described in Matthew 24, 7? You're going to have to go and read that one for yourself. Well, in 1527, Martin Luther addressed similar concerns in his letter, whether one may flee from a deadly plague. At that time, mortality rates from the deadly bubonic plague ranged from 30 to 90%. In the Black Death of 1347, the disease struck Europe, killing an estimated 60% of its population. Now, in a nutshell, Luther found that elusive middle ground between panic and foolhardiness. Luther was aware of some people he felt were tempting God by refusing medicine or sensible precautions. He encouraged people who were ill or infected to self-quarantine until they were completely well. He even chastised those who he knew were sick and yet were exposing others to the illness. And he said he would be gentle with them and pray for those who were afraid. He encouraged the use of medicines and physicians and recommended that public hospitals be established to treat this and other epidemics. He even wrote that public cemeteries outside of town center should be established in order to respect the dead and avoid infections from the corpses. He was really ahead of his time. Now, on the other hand, there is no panic in any of Luther's letters. He says that Christians ought not neglect their duties at home or in their communities over concerns of illness. He thought hysteria had gripped much of Europe and was leading to great harm. He insisted that we have a duty to serve our neighbor at all times, 
even if it might harm or kill us because we're all bound up together in Christ's body. He noted that if Christ or his dear mother were ill, he would rush to care for them heedless of danger. We should be motivated to care for the sick and to continue in our vocations for the good of our neighbor, even if that brings some risk to ourselves. Now, Luther also insisted the best defense against the plague was regular public worship, hearing the word and partaking of communion. In his letter, he writes that one must admonish the people to attend church and listen to the sermon so that they learn through God's word how to live and how to die. According to Luther, public worship is more necessary, not less, in times of plague. The devil would terrorize us with our fears of death, but in worship, we learn only how to live and how to die with Christ our Lord. Because in worship with other believers, we are fed by Christ's word and the spirit. There, we're encouraged to face the devil and his terrors with faith in God and love for our neighbor. Now, the true worshiper puts his life every day in Christ's hands. Whether we live or die, it all works out for good for those who are called according to the purposes of God. So the faithful race belongs to him. When confronted with the dangers of service in a world of plagues, Martin Luther said, No, Satan, you'll not have the last word. Amen. Now, on Wednesday, September 1st, UC Health sent out an article entitled, Is a Twindemic? On the horizon. They outline in the article the impact of a weakened human condition as we go into flu season, coupled with the Delta variant of COVID 19. And some of you have been vaccinated and you believe that it was the right thing to do. And we are still family. If you're a believer and you're listening to this, no matter what I may say, please understand that I cast no judgment upon you. However, what I would like for you to think about here is that there is a growing pressure on those who have not been vaccinated because they're being told that they're selfish and paranoid. The vaccine discussion should not divide the body of believers. Therefore, I'm asking you that grace would abound with regard to this serious Discussion. I've written a number of religious exemption letters already this week because the pressure is real and it is mounting. Therefore, let me address with you just some of the reasons why individuals are choosing to abstain from COVID-19 vaccinations from a biblical worldview. Number one, we have a responsibility for what we put into our bodies. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 to 17 and chapter 6, 19 to 20, in fact, there are 65 verses telling us to be mindful of what we put into our bodies. Now, with covenants even, and prophecy, there was consumption often involved, though we know that it's not food that defiles, according to Matthew 15, 11, Acts 10, 1 Timothy 4, Romans 14. So you can't use this excuse if you're drinking a Red Bull every day and then refusing to take the vaccine, right? You have to have consistency in your life, no hypocrisy there. Uh, number two, Human indexing. This is why people get concerned. It concerns me where all the indexing of people is headed. I mean, we've already seen images of the wristband with a QR code, green passports, along with the increasing mandates, despite what we're seeing in Israel with vaccinated people still getting sick. And throughout history, marking people has been a government practice of control over slaves and minority groups, including those of various religions. You just look through the history of Rome and Germany and Islam. Yes, even Islam with the Jizya and the Nasrani. They, individuals couldn't buy or sell or trade or participate in society. Just look at the videos from DARPA. You'll get greatly alarmed. But the numbers don't make sense because the governments are standing against the Lord. 
According to Acts chapter 4, verse 26 and Psalm 2, 2, they're not seeking to advance his direction nor his kingdom. And now listen, the path to the mark of the beast doesn't happen overnight. These are the building blocks that we see that will accumulate and lead to Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 to 17. I don't believe this is the mark of the beast. That's quite clear to be an image, an indicator on the forehead or the right hand, but that doesn't happen overnight. You have building blocks that lead to that. That's why there's red flags over this. Number three, there's increased peer pressure and ultimatums. There's tremendous pressure being put on educators, military personnel, healthcare workers, and even those in professional sports. The list is expanding by the day. And there is a move to push out those who aren't vaccinated and restrict societal interactions for the greater population. For those outside the military, we've never witnessed such global collaborative behaviors from those empowered. And most people would never tolerate being forced to do anything to their bodies to save their employment status. We would never tolerate such things, but now it's okay for people to be forced to put something in their bodies or else. That's very much a red flag. Uh, number four, we, we see these, again, let's uh, elaborate further on government control. You see, Christians are rightfully suspicious. Trust but verify, because the greatest conspiracy in human history is revealed in Revelation and in the prophetic books of the Bible, outlining a systematic takeover through lies and deception. You go to Revelation chapter 6 and 13, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 11 specifically uses those words. So we must be mindful of motives. Population control and regulation were discussed when I was at the UN in 2003. One thing we've learned over the past 6,000 years of recorded human history is what Lord Acton observed in 1887 when he wrote, Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are almost always bad men, even when they exercise influence and not authority. Still more when you're super add the tendency or the certainty of corruption by authority, there is no worse heresy than that of the office that sanctifies the holder of it. Other options have been presented to COVID-19 vaccines, and, and these have been discarded rather quickly. We seem to be ignoring the obvious with regard to naturally produced antibodies, and the powers that be, those that seek to benefit the most financially, seem to have offered only one track for consideration. That's another red flag for me. Number five, what about long-term effects? There are some viable concerns with the mRNA delivery of this vaccine. Yes, there are some concerns even with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine as well, none of which seem to be effective against the variants. I mean, you look at Lambda or the Mu, it's also pronounced Me. They don't seem to be effective against that. They require boosters now. Vaccines have proven to be beneficial in many regards. I want to at least highlight that. However, legitimate concerns have been raised here. For example, there have been a, a number of questions about the link between vaccines in the past and the presence of autism in children. Whether or not that will be proven is unknown, but the fact that the issue is shining light on vaccines is a good thing. The conversation over vaccines can result in people making more informed and proactive decisions about their health issues and those of their children. So we must seek the Lord for wisdom. Bottom line, James chapter 1, verse 5, Proverbs 3, 4 to 5. You see, from a personal standpoint, my wife was given an experimental medication. Only a few years later, she was diagnosed with severe cancer. We've been dealing with the fallout ever since. You see, doctors may mean well, but we must understand their limitations and 
we may only begin to see the real impact of this even three years from now. I mean, what are the possible impacts on fertility, heart, or lungs? Now, since the FDA made a swift decision on the approval of the Pfizer vaccine on August 23rd of 2021, only eight months since the first dose was issued and given on December 14th of 2020, many employers have started mandating COVID-19 vaccines to retain employment. With little supporting data, and it will be interesting to see if there are any health issues down the road. For your homework, you really should look up the story of the radium girls. As factory workers, they were forced to use radium to paint dials and watches. The toxic chemical ended up causing cancer and destroying their jawbones, killing some of the workers. Doctors were coerced by the companies into incorrectly listing their causes of death. So after a long legal battle, the case was eventually settled in 1928, and the survivors were compensated and the doctors directed to start listing the correct causes of death on their death certificates. So the case became a key milestone in the history of workers' rights. In quote, it was one of the very first cases in which an employer was held accountable for the health of its employees and laid the groundwork for organizations like OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, making it against the law for employers to make employees sick. So why take the risk to mandate an experimental substance? Well, in my humble opinion, you have to follow the money. According to Fierce Pharma, the Head Start global rollout of mRNA shots from Pfizer and Moderna for COVID-19 is worth over $15 billion for Pfizer and $14 billion for Moderna. We're not even talking about the other ones. It could be more, with little to no risk due to the emergency use authorization. So to put $15 billion into context, Pfizer also markets the best-selling drug Pevnar, Prevnar, excuse me, Prevnar 13. That product produces $5.85 billion dollars. And Pfizer's entire vaccine line produced $6.56 billion in 2020. So think about that. This one drug to counter coronavirus is a $15 billion drug for Pfizer when their entire lineup in 2020 was $6.56 billion. For Moderna, it's around $13.7 billion, over doubling the company's size nearly overnight. Number six, fetal tissue and fetal cell lines. Now, I have an article from the Los Angeles Public Health Department on the research stages that involves fetal cell lines with these vaccines. It is something we must be mindful of lest we find ourselves cooperating in the death of the unborn, as we read in Psalm 139, 13 and 14 in Jeremiah 1, 5. In fact, uh, there's a number of citations in some of the developments, some of the earlier research stages, and yes, even with the Johnson & Johnson. So you must be mindful of this. Number seven, we must seek the Lord before physicians. Now you can read 2 Chronicles 16, 12 on that about King Asa. When our health is threatened, we default by running to the doctors just like the king did. He had seen the Lord work mightily in his life, but when his own health was threatened, he ran immediately to the doctors, and that grieved the Lord. Now, although we may have excellent medical providers in our community, our first order of business is to seek the Lord above all else. Now, remember, we were made to glorify God in all that we do. Therefore, all the decisions that we make should align with that mission to bring glory to God, according to Isaiah 43.7 and 1 Corinthians 10.31. 
So for those of you who have been vaccinated and are now having concerns over your decision, let me remind you of what took place in Acts 28. The Apostle Paul had been shipwrecked, and once ashore, they began to build a fire. He was gathering wood, and a venomous snake bit him, causing the locals to believe he would die. And rather, the Lord protected Paul, and the venom had no effect. Therefore, as Christians, we should not be a people of fear. We can ask the Lord for divine protection and wisdom to navigate this difficult situation. Whether you've taken the vaccine or whether you have not taken the vaccine, fear should not be the driving force. Now, for other issues on this, for other information, I would encourage you to visit the Liberty Council website at lc.org. And let me try to end with this, bring it home for you here in our final minutes together. As born-again believers, we are to be faithful stewards of all that we receive, according to 1 Corinthians 4.2. And by implication, that includes our bodies. Therefore, as stewards of God's provision of physical bodies, we are responsible for what we put in them, how we care for them, how we use them. And Scripture says nothing about vaccinations since they were not available when the Bible was written. So as to how to vaccinate, we, we seek only to understand by way of prayer, through God's holy word, through those that are around us, and we must be informed before we put something into our bodies because we need to know about possible side effects. And I highly recommend that anyone who is concerned about any of those issues should investigate. If you're unable to find the information, you want, might want to then postpone until you have all of these facts. In fact, part of our stewardship is to investigate, make informed choices, and not take things for granted. With knowledge comes responsibility. Are vaccines totally without risk? No. Have vaccines been beneficial to the world? Yes. So there's definitely a case to be made for preventative medicine. And the Apostle Paul tells Timothy to use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses in 1 Timothy 5.23. And, and that's clearly an exhortation to use preventative medications but to vaccinate or not to vaccinate should be an informed choice and not one that is made out of fear. As in all things, we're to pray for wisdom. He says in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. You can also read Proverbs 3, 4-5. So we are free to make any choice, but we are not free to exempt ourselves from the consequences of those choices. You see, the Apostle Paul stresses in 1 Corinthians 6, 11 to 12 and 10, 23, where he tells us that all things are lawful, but for us, not all things edify or build us up. Not all things are profitable, and we should be under the power of nothing but the Spirit of God. So therefore, it behooves us to make informed, prayerful choices and to make them without fear, with faith in the Lord, who's already seen the end from the beginning, according to Isaiah 46.10, and has already appointed each of your days before one of them came to be, according to Psalm 139.16. We are far too often given into fear and anxiety and intimidation and bullying. This is a time for God's people to pray, to seek for wisdom, to go to his word, and to be confident that the Lord will guide you in this, whether to vaccinate or not vaccinate, and how to guide your family accordingly. That's important. We have to be a people who are able to always give an answer for the hope that's in us. Yes, even in a situation like this. I hope you've been encouraged, brothers and sisters. 
If you'd like a transcript of this broadcast, if you'd like any other information that we can provide to you, this is a broadcast of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. You can learn more about our ministry at calvaryfountain.com. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sunday. We'd certainly love to see you there. Again, we want to encourage you, and we want you to be encouraged through God's Word. That's why we call this broadcast Engage in Truth. We want to thank you for listening today. God bless you, my friends. Take care.